Spirit of the Lord is here. Hallelujah. With God, anything is possible. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. In an atmosphere like this, God can turn things around, can he? God can heal you today of your sickness. God can deliver you of your trial, your problem, your circumstance. Hallelujah. We believe for the impossible. We serve the mighty God. And we know that nothing is too great or too small for him, right? Amen. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. It says, I will rejoice. That's a decision. That doesn't mean everything's fine in his life. That says, hey, no matter what's going on in my life, I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to lift up my hands. I will rejoice. I will shout unto the Lord. I will sing praises. Not because I'm fine, but because I know he can help me. Even though I may have sickness in my body, I will praise him. Why? Because I believe he can heal me. I believe he can set me free today. Hallelujah. Amen. To those who decide to make that choice to worship him. Man, just one step closer to seeing the supernatural in your life. Amen. And you're in the right place for that today. Man, you feel the spirit of God here. That means he wants to do something in somebody's life. Amen. Don't leave the feeling here. You need to get the feeling on the inside. Get filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. You start acting even more crazy than all, all of us here today. Man, we want to welcome all of our guests here. Amen. Yes, we really are. We really are this crazy about God. Why? Because God has done so much for us. He's brought us out. Amen. Of the world. Gave us a new life. Amen. And we know that he can do the same for you. Amen. And so, don't ever want to take the, the, an opportunity for granted being in God's presence like this. Amen. Because God has something for each and every one of us. Amen. It's so good to be here to worship together. The Bible says the Lord's looking for somebody to worship him in spirit and in truth. Man, I know he's found us here, right? Amen. Witnessed by the Spirit of God. Amen. I don't think, I haven't been to every church in Fort Myers, but I, I, I don't think he shows up like this in every church. We're in the right place, right? I want to be where the Spirit of God is. I don't want to be in a dry, dead place. I want to be where the living God is. Why? Because he is alive. He's on the throne, and his spirit is still moving in our lives and in this world, and that's where we need to be and follow the leading of God's spirit because his spirit is life. His spirit is life. Without his spirit, we have no life. And that's not just for the Old Testament talking about the moving of God's spirit. We need that today. Otherwise, you're living a dry, dead life. Amen. If you got the Holy Ghost, amen. Jesus referred to that as rivers of living water coming out. Rivers of living water. Amen. Amen. So good to see everyone here today. Amen. Kids church can be dismissed. I think that's ages, what, two to six? Two to seven? I'm, I'm not sure, but if you go out in the back, through the back door, they're already gone. Okay. They're not waiting around. They saw me grab the mic and they're like, let's get out of here. Amen. Well, thank you for all staying. Amen. And so, um, amen, just a, a few announcements. Um,
not this Friday, but next Friday is uh, a late night prayer meeting here at the church. Amen. So we want to uh, be looking forward to that. Amen. God uh, to move and minister in our lives uh, again. Amen. And also, um, don't forget that men's conference is coming up. Ladies' conference is coming up in April. Uh, and so uh, you need to register if you're intended on going because um, I think this Thursday or this Friday, prices go up for the men. Uh, and so if you want to pay more, then you can wait uh, till next Sunday. Uh, but if you're interested in going and getting the cheapest possible uh, price possible, this is the week, amen, to register for that. And so uh, if you're interested in going, you can come see me. Uh, I'll send out a, a, a mass text that you can register online if you want. Man, and same with the ladies as well. Man, it's always a great time to gather with the men going up uh, to Ocala. Uh, for a time for the men, and then the ladies go up a few weeks later. It's always a great time to be blessed, uh, not just from what we hear, but just from being with brothers and sisters in Christ, right? Bonded and growing together. Amen. And so we want to be a, a part of that. Amen. Um, as we're staying, we go to the word of the Lord today. Let's keep in mind, uh, keep in prayer those that are traveling, those that are not here, those that may be sick. Man, we believe in the power of prayer, don't we? Amen. And so... Uh, Genesis 37, start reading verse 17. And the man said, they are departed hence, for I heard them say, let us go to Dothan. Joseph went after his brethren and found them in Dothan. And when they saw him afar off, his brother saw him, before, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said one to another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, let us slay him, cast him into some pit, and we will say, Some evil beast has devoured him, and we shall see what shall become of his dreams. Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands, and he said, Let's not kill him. Reuben said unto them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit. That is in the wilderness, laid no hand upon him that he might rid him out of their hands to deliver him to his father again. It came to pass when Joseph was come unto his brethren, they stripped Joseph out of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him, and they took him and they cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty and there was no water in it. Amen. I want to preach to you today from this title, The Lifting. The lifting. When you turn to a few people around you, wave at them, air high five, fist bump, whatever you feel comfortable with doing, and you may be seated. Amen. On this day, February 28th, eight years ago. Eight years ago in Tampa, Florida, not too far away, a man by the name of Jeffrey Bush went to bed. And at some point during the night, Jeremy, sudden, or Jeffrey, Jeremy, I forget his name, whatever, not to, off to a good start. Jeremy suddenly screamed, and his brother heard him scream, and he came running into the room. To see what was going on when somebody screams in the middle of the night, you go running because that's not normal. But Jeremy could not be found. 
Jeremy could not be found. He disappeared. He, he went missing. Why? Because a 20-foot wide by 20-foot deep sinkhole opened up beneath Jeremy's bedroom and swallowed up the entire room. 20-foot wide hole just opened up underneath the ground, under his bedroom of all, and swallowed up Jeremy. In a split second, Jeremy was at the bottom of a pit. Nowhere to be found. I mean, when it's your time, it's your time. When the sinkhole opens up in this bedroom and not swallows the whole house, it's your time to go. There's not much you can do about it. And so that's why we need to be ready. Because we are not promised tomorrow, are we? We live like we're going to be there around for tomorrow, but Jesus says we're not promised tomorrow. All that we have is today. All that we have is this day. And so really all that we have is now. All we have is guaranteed right now is this moment in time because now is the accepted time. Behold, now this is the day of salvation. So tomorrow may not come. Tonight might not even come. And so if you're holding back, if you're waiting for some event to hit you in the face and say, okay, let's get ready, let's get serious about living for God, I'm not sure what to tell you because that moment that you're waiting for might not come. All that I can promise you is you have this time today. You have this moment in service in the presence of Almighty God. You have an opportunity to get a hold of Jesus like never before, to grab a hold of the altar, to fall down at the foot of the cross because this is really the only time we have. Romans 13, 11 says, and that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Whether through the grave or through the rapture, both events are getting closer by the day. As these days expire, those are coming on the the horizon. And we don't want to go by the way of the grave. We'd much rather take heaven's express, right? But that too... That too happens in an instant, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, even quicker than a chariot of fire, but you have to be ready for it. And if you haven't been repented of your sins, if you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins, if you haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost, evidence with speaking in other tongues, then you need to get ready because Jesus is coming and he wants to get you out of this world, but you got to be ready to meet him. we got to get things in line in order to see our Savior and to see heaven. And so we need to get ready because we don't know what tomorrow holds or if there is even a tomorrow. Anyone ever seen a sinkhole? Been close enough to one that kind of makes your knees kind of knock and quiver? Because there there was one that uh, appeared in the front of our house in the middle of the road. Do you remember that? I remember it, it just out in the middle of the road. There's this big old hole just showed up in the ground. And um, I can't remember the size, maybe four foot wide or six feet deep or something. But all I know is that everything was normal one day. And then the next day there's a huge hole in the middle of the street. And, and you come home and there's this massive hole in the middle of the road. And, and anybody ever been down inside of a pit that you can't get out of? That's basically what a pit is. It's a place that you are in 
and you really can't get out by yourself. They're not going to ask how you got in there. You're just in the pit, and you can't get out by yourself because it's, it's, it's too deep. And maybe you've tried climbing out, and, uh, but the dirt walls are just too high. There's really no support to climb out of a hole by yourself. And, and so a pit is like a, it's like a, a, a prison. It's like a dungeon, a place that you don't want to be. You don't want to be stuck in a pit. Uh, a place that you can't get out of on your own. Uh, a pit is a dry place. It's, it's barren. It's, it's your own little personal cubicle of a wilderness. You don't have to go very far as long as you're stuck in a pit. Uh, that's your own little wilderness that you get to enjoy all by yourself. And there most likely won't be any bottles of chilled water down there waiting for you uh, to partake while you're there. But if you keep on digging, maybe you'll turn your pit into a well. But maybe that's a sermon for another day. Besides, where are you going to put all that dirt to get to the well? Pits are really, pits are a deadly place. Because if you don't get out of it, that pit will become your prison. And that prison prison in there, eventually you will perish if you don't get out of that. And so there's nothing attractive or appealing about a pit. It's a place that none should desire to be in, and yet there are people today that are in a pit. There are people even in this room that are stuck inside a pit. Obviously not a, a literal physical pit, but a, uh, an emotional pit or a spiritual pit. And, and you're not sure how you got in it, and you're not sure even how to get out. And, and some may have been in a pit for so long that you start to believe the dirt walls that's talking back to you. And you start to think that this is the new normal for me. Oh, I'm just stuck here in this pit, and I guess this is where I'm going to be. Well, I'm here to tell you today that the pit is not the place for the person of God to be in. God has not called you to live down there in the gutter, out down there in the pit, in the lowly things of life. No, God has called you to a higher place. He has a higher calling for you, not to dwell in some kind of pit of despair, but God has called called you to the high places, he's called us to prosper. And there's not much prospering going on in a pit. Psalms 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law doth he meditate day and night. And if he does that, what does verse 3 say? And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he do shall prosper. That does not describe a pit to me. That describes a place of life, of flourishing, of prosperity. That's where God has called us. That's where the people of God strive and desire to be. That's where you and I should be. That's where we're called to. Nowhere does it say that we are to take up residence in a pit. But we are to be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water. That's where the life is. That's where life exists. And, and that is the problem being in a pit because it's dry and it's barren. 
and it's a prison, and it's preventing you from reaching the rivers of living water. And so your soul becomes weary, and your heart begins to ache, and your, your body begins to break down from all the stress and all the anxiety and all the worry and the heaviness, and your, and your mind becomes muddled, and you're just kind of stuck in this place in your mind and your life. And, and if you're there long enough, the pit is, becomes the place where dreams die. The pit is where the dreams die. Joseph, the, the subject of our text, was number 11 out of 12 brothers. It gives us a clear picture of where he was on the pecking order. Number 11 out of 12, you don't get much. You get scraps left over. And yet, God gave number 11 a dream. He gave number 11 a dream in which all of his siblings, numbers 1 through 10 and even number 12, even in his, and even his father uh, would all bow down to number 11. And uh, numbers 1 through 10 did not take kindly to that. They, they didn't like the thought of that because obviously their number is higher or lower, higher in the, the pecking order. And so one day... Number 11 decides to go check on his big brothers. And we see here in our text, verse 18, when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. And they said one another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, let us slay him, cast him into some pit, and we will say, Some evil beast has devoured him, and we shall see. What will become of his dreams? Throw somebody in a pit and you can say, we'll see what happens to your dreams, buddy. And so you don't want to, you know, if you want to kill those dreams, go ahead and, and throw the dreamer into to a pit and we will see what will become of them. You don't want to be in a pit for very long because the pit is where dreams eventually die. In the pit, hope is lost. In the pit, all you see are the walls of discouragement. You can see the future. You can't see the future because you are stuck in a pit and you don't know how to get out of it. And the pit erodes away. Your hopes, your dreams, and all of God's plans for you. Why? Because you're just stuck in a place and, and you just... No matter what you do, you try, you just you, you can't you can't go forward, you can't get out of it. You're stuck in the in the in the mindset and, and you feel and you see those promises that you made to God begin to wither away and your dream that you once had begin to begin to filter away. Why? Because you're stuck in some place in life and it feels like you can't get out and you feel that God's plans uh, are begin to wither away. But God's plans for you are not to live and to dwell in a pit. God has greater plans for you in your life. He has a higher calling for you. He's got a purpose for you. He's got a mission for you to go. And it's not to go and live and build a house inside a pit. But God has greater things for you. 
Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. God has a future for you. His plans are for you to prosper. They are for good for you. They are to give you hope. And they are not to live in a pit. Pits are where the enemy wants you to be. The pit is where the enemy tries to push you in and to keep you down there. Because pits are where dreams and dreamers go to die. And if the devil knows that God has a plan for your life, which he does, that's why he's after you. That's why uh, it's not easy peasy living for God because the enemy is after you. He's trying to throw you into a pit because he doesn't want to see God's plans happen in your life. Because he knows that means God's plans are for good. Uh, God's plans are not good for the devil. And so if he can prevent you or throw you into some pit to prevent a dream from coming to pass, that's good for the devil and not good for you. And so there are dreams and visions that you and I have had that have not come to pass yet. Dreams and visions of revival and dreams and visions of, of backsliders coming back through those doors and, and dreams and visions of family members coming and serving and living for God. Dreams and visions of a mighty outpouring of God's Spirit here in southwest Florida. And these things have not happened yet. They have not come to pass yet, which means we cannot be stuck in a pit or trapped in a pit and expect to see them happen. There needs to be an uplifting. There needs to be a deliverance in somebody's life. There needs to be a divine intervention. And there is a hand here today that can reach down into your life and lift you up out of your pit. Whatever pit you may be in, no matter how long you've been there, no matter how deep it is, you are not out of reach of the hand of God. Doesn't matter. What kind of pit it is, a pit of despair, a, a pit of fear, a, a pit of, of heaviness, a, a pit of, of pain and sickness, a, a pit of discouragement. God can reach you inside of your pit today. It doesn't matter what it is or how long you've been there. God can do it. Isaiah 59 says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. All it takes today is for somebody just to cry out to God. All it takes is for you to open up your heart and say, Jesus, help me, Lord, help me. All it takes is you lifting up your head. No more looking down, no more looking at the walls, no more looking at your problems. We need to start looking up. If we want to be lifted up, we got to start looking up into the direction that we want to go. Psalms 40 and 2 says, He brought me out of a horrible pit, a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and He set my feet upon a rock, and He established my goings. Has God ever done that for you? Do you remember when He pulled you out of that horrible pit of sin? Come on, He's brought you out, that horrible pit of sin. He set you free. He gave you a new life, a new heart, in Jesus' name. And if He can do that, 
If God can bring you out of that pit of sin, don't you think he can bring you out of your current situation? Sometimes we start believing the pit that we're in and, and as, as strong as a pole and, and, uh, uh, that sin has. And, and God delivered us out of that. And somehow we just think we're stuck in this pit that God can't do anything. If he brought you out of sin, your, your current problem is not an issue. Sin is a, is, a, is a force, is a reckoning force to be, to be dealt with. And if God can do that, if his blood can wipe out your sin, if you're baptized in Jesus' name and your sins are all wiped out, it doesn't matter what kind of pit you're in today. God has the power to bring you out of that just as he can save you from sin. Jeremiah 23 32 and 27, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? We should be asking ourselves that question every day. Because if we did, we probably wouldn't be where we're at. Sometimes we get stuck in our problem or a giant shows up or a devil shows up and we lose all faith. But if we should just ask ourselves this in Jeremiah, Is there anything too hard for God? No, we know there's not, and so why are we listening to the lies of the enemy? Why are we listening to the devil? Why are we believing our circumstance when we know that nothing is too hard for our God? Our God can bring us out of that. And so your pit says, your pit says God can't reach you. And many people start believing that. Your pit says that you're in too deep and you've, you've failed God too many times. Well, I'm here to tell you that the pit is full of lies. The pit is nothing but death and destruction and, and, and disappointment and discouragement. Why would I listen to anything from the pit? The truth is, is that we all end up in a pit or pits at some point in our life. I mean, it's just inevitable. I mean, we're not perfect, and so we're going to step in a pothole, in a pit at times. You may fall into it accidentally and just you didn't, blindsided, you don't know, and you end up in a pit. It happens. Or maybe like uh, Joseph, you get pushed in, pushed in by the enemy, pushed in by friends, your so-called friends or family members. They just put, they'll go ahead and push you in a pit. Or sometimes we may actually climb down in the pit of self-condemnation. We start beating ourselves up and we just say, hey, let's just go ahead and get in the pit and get it over with. We beat ourselves up and we're, we're down there and, and we know, we tell ourselves we don't deserve to get out of this thing because we failed God and we, we made so many promises and we've broken them and, and God can't use me up time and time again after I've failed him. And so uh, uh, our shortcomings and our broken promises and commitments, we, we push ourselves into the pit of discouragement. But I'm here to declare to you today that God has not called the people of God to the pit, but God has a higher place for us. He has a higher place for you, and he wants to lift you up today. He wants to bring us out of the pit, up to be the mountain with him, and that's where God has called us to be, to a higher place. The lifting by his spirit will bring us out of whatever situation we are in. Amen. The, the greatest lifting that we can experience and we have experienced is when we uh, obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ and uh, we repented of our sins and we 
were baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins, and we were filled with his spirit. That is, that's the biggest lifting uh, you can ever experience in your life. Why? Because one day you were a sinner. One day you're on your way to hell, and then all of a sudden you fell into a pit of salvation, and God, God reached down there in his hand, and he pulled you out of that horrible pit, out of that miry clay, and he washed you off, and he says, hey, let's get going here. Let's try this life. Why don't you give me a try? Why don't you give the word of God a try? You tried everything else? Give me a chance in your life. And I'm here to tell you that if you do that today, there will you will experience a lifting in your heart, a lifting in your soul that you've never felt before. Why? Because the spirit of almighty God comes down inside and he lifts you out of whatever situation you're in. But it begins with repentance. You have to get baptized in Jesus' name. You can't be baptized uh, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost because that's not a name. And nobody in the Bible was baptized that way. Everybody in the, in the Bible was baptized in Jesus' name. And the Bible says there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved because the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow. Things in heaven, on the earth, under the earth, every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so I'm, that's the name I'm going to get baptized in, the name that is greater than every name. And so if you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, you haven't experienced the lifting that we're talking about, the lifting of your sins, a lifetime of sin just lifted off you. Why? Because the name of Jesus has the power to do that. Father, Son, Holy Ghost is not a name. Those are titles. I'm a father, I'm a son, I'm a brother, I'm an uncle. That's not my name. My name is Phil. My name doesn't have power, but the name of Jesus has power to cleanse you, to wash away your sins. But you have to be buried and baptized in Jesus' name, calling upon that name in order for that to happen. And so if you haven't done that, we have warm water, robes. You can leave here the same clothes. Your just hair will be wet. And you'll feel that lifting. You'll experience, you'll walk out of here with a new step in your life. Why? The weight, the weight of sin comes off your shoulders. The weight of your past is, is gone. It's buried in the name, covered by the blood of the Lamb of God. And so that's what you need to do in your life. You need to be baptized, and we have done that. We have experienced that. But if you haven't, don't leave here with that weight on your shoulders. Joseph was thrown into the pit, but the truth is he wasn't in there for very long, as bad as it was. They, the throwing in was the worst part because his brethren did that. But we see in verse 26, and Judah said unto his brethren, What profit is it that we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh, and his brethren were content. Sounds like a good plan. We can make some money off him. And so then there passed by Midianites, merchantmen, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver, and they brought Joseph into Egypt. And so Judah was the brother who really kind of arranged for Joseph to get out of the pit because they were all just content with him just being dying in the pit. And Judah's like, well... Let's not, let's not leave him in the pit. Let's get him out of the pit. So Judah was the way out for Joseph. And as you and I know, Judah 
means praise, doesn't it? And so praise is the way out of your pit. Praise is the way out of your situation. Praise is the way out of your hardship. Complaining is not going to get you out of the pit. Bitterness is not going to get you out of the pit. Condemnation is not going to get you out of the pit. But Judah is going to get you out of the pit. Praise will get you out of the pit. The moment you take your eyes off the pit and you start, uh, take your eyes off the problem and start looking to God and you start praising Him. God, you're my Savior. God, you're my redeemer. God, I need your help. When you start praising him, that's when you'll see the hand come down in your life and that's when you'll see that uplifting occur, but it's not going to happen unless you start praising God. That's the first way to get out, because you take your eyes off the wall and you start looking up and says, hey, I need help out of here. Isaiah 40, 31, it says, but they that wait upon the Lord, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And, and, and to wait means to, to look eagerly for, uh, to look for, to hope, and to expect. And so when you're stuck inside your pit and you don't know what to do, you should be eagerly looking for the mighty hand of God to show up in your life, for God's spirit to come down and the hand of God to start turning things around. So when you're tired and you're weary, you should be waiting for Jesus, for when he shows up, there's going to be an uplifting in your life. There's going to be an uplifting. He's going he's gonna to renew your strength. You, you thought you were tired. You thought you were worn out. And you thought you couldn't go on. But then all of a sudden, the Spirit of God shows up in the room. The Spirit of God shows up in your life. And he comes and he fills you. And you feel that peace. That passes all understanding. And what happens is you feel that lifting in your spirit. You feel that lifting up in your soul. And God says, come on, let's get out of here and you feel that strengthening that, that you know is not your strength. You feel a stirring in your spirit. It feels like a, like a pair of eagle's wings just kind of grew from your shoulders and an uplifting occurs in your life and, and you are brought out of that pit of despair and you get lost in the presence of God and God just takes you to new heights. He says, we're leaving that place behind. You've been in that pit for far too long. We're going higher. We're going somewhere else. We're taking the new heights. And what happens when you, get, when you experience the lifting is your perspective changes. You get lifted out of your situation. You look around, oh, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was. I, I can look back into my life and I, the, the hardships and the, the, the pits that I was in, I look back and I see, oh, God was working the whole time. I just couldn't see it. My perspective was all, why? Because I was in the pit. But once I experienced that lifting, that uplifting by God, and I began to see things like, oh, what was I really worried about? I thought the world was going to end. But Jesus was working everything out. And, and that's what happens with the lifting is your eyes begin to look on Jesus and he begins to change your perspective. And all of a sudden, you realize that God's in control the whole time. God's not, hasn't left us or forsaken us. Yeah, sometimes we fall in a pit and it feels like we're alone, but all you got to do is just wait on the Lord. God's coming for me. God's going to bring me through this. And all of a sudden, things start changing in your life. 
Because when you soar with eagles, all of a sudden your problem doesn't look so big anymore, does it? You start soaring at 400 feet in the air, all of a sudden that giant's not too big. It's like a little ant, doesn't he? Goliath all of a sudden is not like an ant. It, it all depends upon your perspective. And the only way you're going to soar as eagle's wings is when you get a hold of the Spirit of God in your life. It comes in your life and starts changing things and filling it. And you begin to speak in other tongues. You don't know what's going on. That's okay because God's taking you to a new level. Giant's not so big. The pit isn't so deep. Why? Because you were eagerly waiting for the Lord. And he finally showed up. And brought you out just in the right time. Psalms 37, 34 says, Wait on the Lord and keep his way. He shall exalt thee. That's a lifting there. He shall exalt thee to inherit the land. And when the wicked are caught off, thou shalt see it. You thought the enemy was winning. You just wait on the Lord for a little bit. Let him lift you up a little bit. And you're going to see the enemy destroyed. You're going to see them cut off. But you just got to wait and look on the Lord. And then there's going to be the lifting. He'll exalt you. He's going to lift you up to, to what? Inherit the land. Inherit the promises. Inherit the blessings of God. So, so we can't stay where we're at. We can't stay here being stuck in a pit. We've got to get out. We've got to keep on moving forward. We've got to break forth from wherever we're at and go because God hasn't called us to rest and stay here, but he's called us to a higher place. Musicians, if you would come. You want to talk about being stuck in a pit. Let me tell you about a lady who the Bible says had an issue of blood for 12 years. 12 years she was stuck in a pit. She tried everything she could to get out. She tried digging, she tried crawling, she, she went to all the professionals and saw all the doctors and she gave them all her money and her, her, her insurance dropped her because she used up all the benefits and, and, and she was out of luck. She was just still stuck in her pit and none of them could lift her out of her pit. What else can you do with the modern world and the society that we live in? You're, you're really stuck in a pit. Well, then she heard that Jesus was coming by. She heard the Messiah was coming. And she said, this, this is my chance. This is my moment. This is my opportunity for me to get out of this, this pit. And, and if I can just reach up a little higher, if I can just reach up and, and touch the hem of his garment, I, I don't need to touch his hand. I'll just get close enough to him and touch his garment. If I can just get close enough to feel this presence, to feel his anointing, I know that that's going to be good enough for me. I just got to get near him. I just got to get in the presence of Jesus, and I know that an uplifting will occur, and I will be healed, and I will be delivered out of my pit. And so sure enough, she crawled through the crowd, and pushing her way there, 
She didn't care. She has been in a pit for so long. Once you, once you become desperate, you don't care what people think around you. You don't care what they're saying. You're saying, hey, I, you don't know my situation. You don't know what the pit that I've been in. You don't know how deep I've been. I need to get out of here, and I need to get in the presence of God. I need to get a hold of Jesus. And so she starts crawling through the crowd, pushing her way in, uh, and saying, getting close to him, and felt his presence and reached up and touched his garment. And then the power of God connected with her faith. And then the healing virtue flowed through her body and lifted that sickness right out of her body and lifted her right out of the pit, lifted her out of that depression, lifted her out of that pit of despair. I'm here to tell you today that that same uplifting power is here today. The same anointing that Jesus had is here today because Jesus is here. And so whatever pit you may find yourselves in, whatever place that you're stuck in, whatever wall that you're facing, God wants to bring you up and out of that thing today. He wants to lift you up. He wants to give you wings as eagles because the place where he's called you is higher than the place that you are now. If you believe that with me, why don't you stand with me today? So if, if not the pit, if not the pit, then where? Where, God, are you calling us? Because I feel like I've been in this place for too long and I feel like I'm, it's becoming home because I just can't get out. I don't know how to get out. Joseph was thrown in a pit, but he was lifted out. He was out of the pit, but now he was sold into slavery. He ended up in Potiphar's house, and it wasn't very long until he was falsely accused. He was thrown into another pit. But there, Joseph, he still, he didn't gripe. He didn't complain. He didn't get bitter and he didn't get mad at God and say, I'm not going back to church. I'll show you, God. Fall into a pit, God. I start, I get baptized and I start living for you, God. And all of a sudden, the, the hell breaks loose in my life. I'll just stop going to church. Why would we do that? That's not what Joseph did. No, what did Joseph do? He waited. He waited on the Lord. And the Lord, what happened? The Lord gave him wings as of eagles. And he lifted Joseph out of that pit. He lifted him out of that prison. And where did he place him? He placed him in Pharaoh's house. He placed Joseph second in command. There he was given authority and power. And Joseph was the one who ruled the most powerful country in the world. Joseph's word is what happened. He only answered the Pharaoh, and Pharaoh said, you do what you do. I got your back. Who would have thought a slave that was thrown into a pit? Brothers betrayed him and, and, and threw him in a pit. And, and who would have thought the man in the pit would end up in Pharaoh's palace having authority and dominion over the whole world? 
Who would have thought? I tell you, that's where God wants us. God wants us to have the authority and power over this world, over the spirits of darkness. He's given you that power. He's given you that authority. But sometimes we feel we're in the pit, but that's not where God has called you. You got to keep on holding on. You got to keep on waiting for God. And God's going to lift you up. God's going to lift you to the high places. God hasn't called us to the pit. He hasn't called you there. He's called you to the palace. He's called you to be in a place of authority and power. That's where the people of God belong, lifted up and given power and authority over the enemy. That's where you and I belong. Any place less is not, not of God. Ephesians 2 and 1 you hath he quickened who are dead in trespasses and sins. Where in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in children of disobedience. Among whom also we had our conversation in times past, in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, but were by nature the children of wrath, even as of others. What's he describing? He's describing our life in the pit. Our life in sin, dead and trespasses and sin, that sounds like a pit to me that you can't get out of. We don't have power over sin. We were dead in sin, dead in our trespasses. We were living, trying to survive in a pit. But what happens, verse 4, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in sin, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are we saved. Why? Here we go, verse 6, a lifting. Hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We're not sitting in a pit. He hasn't called us to the pit. He says, I'm calling you. I got a seat for you in the heavens. I got a seat for you in the heavenly places. That's where we belong, sitting in heavenly places. What is that? That is a place of power and of authority. We don't belong in the pit because God has made a seat for you. He's got a seat for you in the heavenly places. A seat where we can bind devils in Jesus' name. The place where we can rebuke those spirits. The place where we're given power to tread on serpents and scorpions and power over all the enemy. That is where God wants to lift you up today too. It's time that we pack our bags, we put on our eagle's wings. Because I, I'm tired of being here in this lowly place. I, I want to go to a place of, of power and of authority. I want to go to where God has called us, a place of miracles, signs, and wonders. That's, that's a place of power and authority. Because the pit is not for us. We're not called to the pit. And sometimes we end up in it, but we don't need to stay there. We need to get up. You know who, who's going to the pit? You know what the pit's made for? Revelation 21. And I saw an angel come down from where? Heaven. Heavenly places. Places of power and authority. Having the key of the bottomless pit. 
and there a great chain in his hand and, and he laid a hold on that dragon, that old serpent which is the devil and saying and he bound him a thousand years and he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and put the seal on him. The pit is not for you. The pit's for the devil. The pit's for the enemy. The pit's for the demons that come after you. The spirits of darkness, they try to put you in a pit. You say, not today, devil. That's where you belong. I belong in the heavenly places. I've got a seat up there next to Jesus. I've got power and authority. And so today, we need to come out of that pit. Today, there's going to experience a lifting. Come on, let's begin the worship of the Lord. What is it that you're dealing with in your life? What problem are you dealing with? What are you facing today? I'm here to declare God wants to bring you out. God wants to give you the victory that I today. If you believe that, why don't you step out in faith and say, God, I'm going to believe it. God, I'm going to claim the victory today. God, I'm coming out of that pit today. I'm going up. I'm going to the heavenly places. Come on. Let's go where God wants us to go. Let's go to the place. Of authority and power. Come on, you have the power. Come on, speak to that devil. Find that spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. You have no power of authority here. We're the people of God. Come on, we're the victory. We are victorious. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Rebuke the spirit of heaviness. Find the spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. That's not for me. Come on, we're going up. Get my eagle's wings today. Come on, anything is possible. any longer
for his word, for his spirit, for his power. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're not called to the pit, but we're called to the heavenly places. Next time the spirits come after you and try to push you in, you, you push that spirit in the pit because that's where they belong. You bind them in the name of Jesus Christ. Man, they have no authority or power over the people of God. God's given that to us. We've been in the pit too many times. God says, hey, it's time for you to rule. Amen. I know sometimes it hurts being in the pit. Sometimes even brother or sister in Christ pushes you into the pit. You wait on God. You let God deal with things. God will get you out of your situation, right? Amen. We're, we're victorious, right? We're more than conquerors. We're not going to be in the pit. And if we're in the pit, we're not going to stay there very long because we got to get back to where we are, back to the heavenly places, right? Amen. Thank you for coming today. God bless you all. Go walk in the authority and power that God has given you. Amen. Because we are the people of God. We don't walk with our head down. We walk with our head looking up, looking for Jesus, right? He's coming. Amen. God bless you. It's so good to see you all today. We have bread in the back. If you want some bread, you want to get baptized, we can baptize you as well. God bless you.